Yeah, welcome to the second last, the penultimate. Well, we will probably do a grand final one, but as far as Supercoach is concerned, penultimate podcast for this year. I'm Paulie G. Paul Grzadka, back with you again to go through everything. If you're still alive or if you're playing overall, there's still a lot that we can go through, a lot of little edges and match-up advantages that we can help you with. Um, especially using that predictor and dominator. So let's get straight through it. Peter Hanscom back with us after a couple of weeks off. Mate, first of all, happy birthday while you were away, and um, good to have you back. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Paul. I um, don't look forward to birthdays as much as I used to, but uh, <laughs> no, thank you. It's, it's good to be back. And, uh, yeah, it's getting to the business end of the Supercoach season, isn't it? Uh, yep. As you say, only a couple of weeks to go. Yeah, and last week we saw um, the highest ever Supercoach score. Uh, Ryan and I talked about it on this podcast. We talked about it on Twitter. We talked about it with our previews. Get Tommy Trebrovich in. Make him captain. I hope you listened. I know a lot of you you did because I was getting plenty of tweets throughout the game. I know a couple of you, unfortunately, um, it didn't work out. But 194, Pete, an amazing game. And his team lost. Yeah, you wouldn't have believed it, would you? Scoring 194 points on Supercoach, you would have you would have put your house and uh, everything else on the fact that Manly were winning. But yeah, what a what a massive score! So I think it was the the biggest score of the year, and you know, certainly the biggest score that I can remember. So, um, but yeah, he's he had an incredible game. But Manly, yeah, they led 22 to six at one stage, but got rolled 42 to 34. So it'll. Uh, Gave down the memory of all the 6,000 or so people that were there to witness it. But, uh, yeah, not for the right reasons for them, unfortunately. <laughs> well, it wasn't his fault they lost, nor his brother Jake Taborovic. Third oh. highest score for the round, 115 points. And splitting them was Corey Oates with 120. This is the guy that's very much rocks and diamonds. Pete, we've seen it before. 10 points the week before and then 120 here. Yeah, well, it's, he's um, it's been a big question for Supercoach um, players this year about... The, the centre wingers and yeah, Oates has been a little bit up and down, but now he was uh, tremendous in that game against South Sydney. He's uh, open field and had the had the chances. He's he sometimes has problems with the ball on the ground, but when he's got the, the ball in his hands, he's uh, he's quite dynamic and yeah, he scored a great try there off a of one of the tries he scored off, off a bomb. Um, yeah, that was the highlight, wasn't it? The other night was tremendous. That's that what was. he can do. And, um, you know, it's hard at this stage of the year to hold these sort of guys when they're so low and you're trying to use, like, um, vice-captain loopholes, etc. Um, but, geez, what he can do for you. Um, a guy that we've kept an eye on, certainly at the start of the year we talked about, and he wasn't probably quite right, Pete, but he got it right against a team that admittedly does struggle against edge runners, but still, Luciano Leilu, 108 points. He was probably the difference in the end in that game on Saturday night where your team beat my team. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, he was playing it there on the left and yeah, helped set up that first try absolutely brilliantly. It was just um, an outstanding piece of play. And then he, when he barged through late um, from, a, from a scrum play, I know you love your scrums, and he, he's, uh, <laughs> he scored through there. And uh, he's he's very good. I think he's one of these players that um, maybe to keep an eye on for next year, particularly like at this stage, he scored 108. But um, yeah, keep an eye on him for, for next year, I think, in Supercoach as well. You, you should probably get a few we'll see if he gets a few more minutes um with the departure of Armour. so we'll see what see what happens there how he gets played next year he probably needs to lose just a little bit of weight um paul mcgregor said in the press conference that mm. there's been some issues with his diet etc and 
if you can just yeah. keep that weight reasonable. I mean, you can be a little bit bigger these days. You'll notice quite a few of the forwards have a bit of padding. Where maybe five, ten years ago, you know, it was all lean and mean, but they've gone back to maybe more like the '90s look with a little bit of padding. Um, but he's probably a little bit on top of a little bit. So if he gets that right. Um, he will be a bargain, even though at the moment, if you did like him for 2019, you're cursing these big scores because it's going to make his price a lot, lot higher coming into 2019. Um, Ash Taylor didn't quite hit the three figures, but another guy who's been low um, but made it happen in that game we talked about earlier at Brookvale Oval, 98 for him. James Seguiaro forced to play 80. I know you're a big fan, Pete, um, and you've been talking when... in when we've been doing the recaps, the games that you're followed of the Sharks, like Seguiaro's got to get more time if he can only get more time. Well, Bradley was out for this one injured, and he scores, what do you know, 96, essentially winding back the clock to about three or four years ago, where he really was super coach relevant. Yeah, well, it's, um, he's, it is something to keep an eye on. It, it'd be interesting to see what happens moving forward with that shared time. It's a, it's a great luxury, I guess, for, for uh, Flanagan to have that, but no, he's a dynamic player out of dummy half. He's tremendous. He's got a pretty decent kicking, kicking game most of the time, and he's just an absolute nightmare for opposition defences. It's, it's a great play to, to have come on after 20, but as you said, he's played 80. There you go, he gets to 96, and that'll happen pretty regularly, I think. Some other big scores. Dane Gagai having to play at fullback for Souths against Brisbane. Put up big numbers, 93. Aidan Guerra moved to the right edge, um, putting up 90. These edge runners really, really quite surprisingly how well they're doing um, as opposed to middle forwards at the moment. Guerra and Adam Blair both moved to the edge. Guerra this week, Blair the last few weeks. Adam Blair, 89 this week, has been doing really well since going to the edge. And then you've got the likes, uh, the more common names, Sean Johnson right up there, 88. Tyson Frizzell hitting back, 87, moving to the middle. So he's gone the reverse way to the likes of Blair and Guerra. Um, Victor Radley, he's been a sensation this year, 87. Roger Tuivasa, Sheck 85 and AJ Brimson outstanding um, 84 and then you've got some more really good performers Manasi Fainu in there Valentine Holmes he's been a real star um, of late Lachlan Lewis what a young um, sensation this guy the nephew of Wally Lewis looks like and Anthony Milford we've sort of been on him a bit um, this year but he had a really good game I thought him and Nick Arima really stood out in that win against Souths um, all right, let's move on to these injuries now. And with the season almost ending, basically, if a guy goes down now and you've got the trades, you can pretty much move on from him. Certainly, that's the case with Joe Tarpany. He's out for the remainder of the year. Jesse Ramian, we're also hearing two more weeks. Look, there might be a chance that he's back in the final week. Maybe you're, you're holding him till then. Not a lot of information. It is an ankle, Pat. Um, not really able to give us much on him. He has been able to help us with the Melbourne players, however. Cameron Smith's been named. Pat saying, I think he will play. Often the back spasms resolve with no underlying injury. He's pretty tough. And so, you know, we're thinking he plays through that. Um, I guess the question, Mark Pete, is do you think he can reach his usual um, high numbers? Because, you know, this is a make-or-break game now, whether you're in overall or still alive in head-to-head. It's a, it's a tricky one, but, well, it would be tricky with any other player, but with someone like Cameron Smith, you've you just about got to knock him out of the game with a sledgehammer, I think. <laughs> he's had that bit of an injury after the South game, but he, he's just a, he's the most durable player I think I've ever seen. He's just incredible, um, and it was a real surprise to, to everyone when he came off the other night. You think, well, you know, what's wrong with him? But um, I'm sure he'll back up this week and be his usual self, and to someone like Smith, 
he's only got a plate 80% capacity and still scored some decent super coach points. Um, he'll play, he'll stay out there till very late unless Melbourne have clearly got the game one with about 10 to go. Is the only time I've really seen him come up willingly or half willingly. So it's a good, it's no, a good I, matchup I for him really too. Got, we know we know hookers love yeah. the Gold Coast, <laughs> and. Yeah. Um, he should do well if he can stay on the park. Pat also asked, um, giving us some advice on the other injured Storm players. So we'll ask if Vunavala get a hamstring. Pat's saying, look, at least two weeks. So he's gone for the rest of the Super Gage year. Nelson Asofa Solomono had a high ankle sprain. And Pat's like two weeks minimum for that sort of um, sprain. And Brandon Smith saying he did a good job on his MCL. Probably be out for a few weeks. And that is the injury report for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Uh, obviously, if you live in the Sydney region, give Pat a call or you can visit our website for the discount, www.supercoachpros.com. Click on the link on the right-hand side. If you play sport, he's going to be great. It, you know, he's really good at it, but it's not just sporting injuries that he looks after. Back and necks, actually, his specialties. And so I highly recommend Pat if you live in the Sydney region or surrounds. Um, Let's move on now to this round and the team changes and I guess notable team changes in that Thursday night game. Elijah Taylor out. Um, not sure whether we'll see too much changes though with Chris Lawrence um, named to start. Jacob Little has been listed as a reserve. He could end up playing. That might eat, eat into Robbie Farrah's minutes, which it has done the last two weeks. But at this stage, Farrah um, predicted to play 80 in, in the predictor. Uh, the Warriors-Panthers game, Blake Green's out, but Tohu Harris returns via the interchange. This is a massive blow if you own um, Mannering, um, Harris, Papali, Blair. You probably don't own Blair, but he has been magnificent in the last few weeks. But we, we can't um, really forecast with any certainty what's going to happen on those edge runners because the Warriors have been very good on the edges, mainly running off Johnson and Green and Green's out anyway, but Mason Lenor has been a good replacement in the past uh, over this year, so he should be able to still find some good runners off Lenor, and of course Johnson's still there. Uh, and the Panthers, they're switching things up. Tyrone Peachy's now in the halves. That's probably um, a bit of an uptick for him, especially against the Knights. Dallin Wateni, Zelezniak's a new fullback. Uh, Christian Crichton returns on the wing. James Fisher-Harris is back. That's going to help them in the forwards. I think that will help Phil kick out. Um, Corey Herrera and Ira moving back to the bench. And Wade Egan has actually been named to start with Tyro May on the bench and Siona Katoa out of the 17, but still in the 21. Um, so Wade Egan, an interesting watch list um, candidate there for next year. Uh, the Cowboys v. the Eels. Tom Malolo and Matt Scott both back for the Cowboys. Big in, obviously, Tom Malolo. Probably not playing up against as much as you expect with the Eels because not only have they lost uh, Daniel Alvaro in recent weeks and obviously Manu Mu has been out for an extended period, but Nathan Brown's out. So a lot of people probably own Nathan Brown. He's out um, for this week. So that's a big blow. And it's Penny Terrapo and Kane Evans who will start with Tepai Mariah moving back to the edge. Tim Matt is back in that game. And Cameron King has been named on the interchange, so I guess he will spell Reed Marnie at some point. Marnie has been playing pretty big minutes. Uh, the Raiders-Souths uh, game, Joe Tarpany is out, as we said, in the in the Kujiba Health and Injury Care Injury Report. He's gone for the year, so if you've got any trades left and you're a Tarpany owner, you're making a move there because he's very highly priced right now. You'll get be able to get someone in. Um, 
that's of high significance. And Souths, well, they bring a few guys back. Greg Inglis is back. Um, Campbell Graham's back. Alex Johnston also. So Braden Burns goes back to the interchange. That obviously hurts him. He's been pretty good in recent weeks. Um, Dan Gagai will move to the centres. He's not really super coach relevant uh, unless he's playing fullback, as we just saw when we talked about last week's results and his big score. Gold Coast v. The Storm, well, we just talked about all those injuries. Not only is it Vunavalu, Asofa Solomono and Brandon Smith out, but Will Chambers is suspended as well. So the likes of Justin Olam and Chase Blair come in and uh, Tui Kamikamika and Riley Jacks are on the interchange. Jarome Hughes has been named as a reserve, so you know, maybe there's a chance with the that Jackson Hughes share the dummy half role or Jackson Croft if Cameron Smith can't go. Uh, the Roosters bring back Luke Keary. So Ryan Madison going back to the bench. Obviously, you can't really play him um, now that he's not starting. Matt Lodge has been named to start for Brisbane, but we expect that swap with Joe Offengaway to happen. Katoni Staggs has been named on the interchange after missing last week's game. The Sharks have lost Ricky Lutelli and Jesse Ramian, so Kurt Capel and Josh Dugan are the new centres. Edric Lee is on the wing, not Sione Katoa. If you're a Katoa owner, or if you, you might be glad, because you might be hoping to get the zero there and potentially use Katoa as a, uh, a nafti or a, or a VC loophole type player. And of course, as we mentioned about James Seguiara, he's back to the interchange with Jaden Braley. Um, and Wade Graham both back in uh, hooker and left edge, respectively. Scott Sorensen also goes back to the interchange. Um, in that same game, Newcastle Pong has been named in the halves again. That actually hurts him from a supercoach perspective. Um, whether Nick Meany plays there or Connor Watson, who's been named in the 21 um, at fullback, you know, remains to be seen. I guess there's still an outside chance Ponga goes back there. That would certainly be preferable if you were, if you own him in Supercoach. And finally, in the Dragons-Bulldogs game, Jason Nightingale returns. And Tyson Brazil's been named on, on the edge, not um, Luciano Leilua, who goes in a change. That could change come kickoff. And Paul Vaughan, it's a bit of late-breaking news. We didn't mention it in the injury report because he was named in the 21. But he is actually out. I think it's his other leg, Pete, or his other foot. He's it done is, something, yeah. and he's out for the year. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a massive block. Apparently, training day. Um, yeah, it wasn't the leg that he hurt in the game against the Warriors. It was actually the other one. Um, and so, yeah, they said he's gone for the season, which is a which is a massive blow for, yeah. for Saints. He's not had many injuries this year at all, but they've come at the wrong time. Um, yeah, he's he's gone. Yeah, that's a big blow. We did see DeBellin, Frizzell and Graham step it up, particularly Frizzell. Um, people are probably looking at pods. I'm wondering if Frizzell is one, but it's a risk. They play last in the whole round, and we don't know what position. We'd probably like to see him in the middle third. Okay, speaking of such things, the predicted best, Matt Moylan against the Knights. We know halves, particularly left halves, do very well, so he's right up there. The same game... We've seen pretty much all year the Sharks struggle against edge runners, particularly left edge runners. So we like Lachlan Fitzgibbon there. Whether Pierce can get over the left side of the field where he's played all year when he's been on the park uh, remains to be seen with Ponga playing left half. Um, we didn't see Fitzgibbon get much of a go against Penrith, even though the Knights won handily um, because Pierce was on the right-hand side. So that could change things a bit, but certainly in the the predictor saying that these inside men of Ponga and Pierce giving him the ball, Fitzgibbon, big uptick. Um, Alex Johnston's a risk. Um, 
coming back straight back from injury, but we love the matchup against the Raiders. He's also predicted to do well. And then you look at Robbie Farah and Damien Cook, Jake Jaborovic, some of the, the regulars. Billy Slater's up there. Cameron Smith, if you trust him, obviously. Any um, spine players against the Titans should do well. Reese Martin, uh, another one of those guys. Um, some of the better teams we're noticing are giving up more points to, to the edge players. So so a team like the Dragons were pretty strong defensively, but but Reese Martin gets the uptick. Tommy Dvorovic, we saw what he did just last week. You can't discount him against the Tigers. That game could go in any which way. Um, Sam Burgess is also on this list. Angus Crichton. Felice Cavusi. Um, James Tedesco. Jared Hain coming back. That game against the Cowboys, a battle to avoid the wooden spoon. Um, Hain, another guy that could hit back as Bill Kikau, finally having a low effort last week after a bunch of high scores. And Cameron Munster. Well, he was, he's been down two weeks in a row now. Pete, but this game against the Titans, surely he shines, particularly if he's required to do a bit more with those other injuries. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? I, um, as I said, the, the Titans have been given up a fair few super coach points this year. Um, interestingly, they have quite a good record against Melbourne um, and, and took them all the way to the line early this year. So, But yeah, you would think that Munster would, um, and, you know, as the, as the more senior in the halves position there these days, I think that uh, yeah, you'd expect him to be getting a, a pretty decent score. We've still got the um, price rises and falls on the website and the rest of the year, which is just the last two rounds, obviously. But if you need to look at it from that perspective, get on the app there. Um, you can, yeah, you should already have the app, but, but it's via our website, www.supercoachpros.com or on the Google Play or um, app, app Store, uh, depending if you've got Android or Apple. Tweets time and uh, three big questions basically Pete um, Tipsy Mick Stagger we'll start with him I'm playing my mate in my top cash league we have an almost identical team he's got a Holmes Tapau and Asako against my Peachy Crichton Aitken I also have Alex Johnston Paul Gallen and Remus Smith on my bench against his Cohen Hess Cody Walker and BJ Leilua I need a few left field pods to hopefully give me the edge. Um, this should be a good matchup. Both teams should do well, Pete. Um, any of those those guys you like, either for or against, um, Tipsy McStagger? Well, in terms of what he's provided there, I think he's, he's got a pretty solid lineup. Um, you can't question too much. Well, obviously, Widdop's not going to be playing, so maybe he could he could look to swap him out for somebody else. Um, that's the, the more obvious one. Um in terms of the others, I could. I think he's he's honestly pretty solid. Like we said at the back, he's got Tedesco and and Trebojevic. You know, he's got two great two great fullbacks. He's got Cook and Smith at hooker. You know, he's got a he's got Kikau there. He's got Burgess. He's, he's got Fafita, um, which is interesting. Tamalolo. He's got. He would have might, might have suffered last week without Tamalolo. Um, I think yeah, Tamalolo will hit hit back. This week, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. The big, yeah. the big one's Tyrone Peachy for mine. Um, mm. Again, at playing in the halves, being named in the halves this week. The Knights have given up plenty to, to halves all year, and well, but whether you, Peachy doesn't play as a natural half, is he going to be able to provide enough? Peachy does have plenty of upside when he goes well. He has a high ceiling. That's that's where yeah, he could win it, I think, Tipsy. It is true, but yeah, you don't know where Peachy could play. 
played, like I noticed with the Penrith lineup this week, they've got DWZ at fullback, which I personally think is their best uh, position yeah. for him. Um, for him. And whereas in the past, uh, under probably under the previous coach, they played Peachy at fullback a couple of times. So I don't know. Yeah, you might be right there with the Peachy thing because he, his versatility could cost him. You don't just don't quite know where he's going to be um, if he ends up at fullback or something great. If he doesn't get a lot of doesn't get huge game time, which is also possible, then he may not be the the best option there. Yeah, I'm um, assuming Toro May's on the bench, but I'm assuming he'll spell Wade Egan. I can't see Egan playing even close to 80 minutes. So I'm thinking Peach nah. gets 80 at, at left half. Look, I've put, Tipsy, I've put it all through the predictor. We've sort of got the abilities to do that, where you just put all the names in and and see what your best 17 is. And we've got Cook and Smith in there, Kikau and, and, and Sergis and Fafida, um, Jake. Jake Taborovic potentially your captain, but it is first game. You might want to pay a bit Ducks and Drakes. You want to, you know, whether you want to captain him. I think if you can trade off captains, it's to your advantage. Um, Crichton, obviously, you've got to have. Reese Martin should bounce back this week. That's a good matchup for him, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Nathan Cleary should have a good game, and Sean Johnson. I think there'll be enough for both of them in that match. Um, Alex Johnson is a risk coming off an injury, but it's another really good matchup if you can trust that he can stay on the field. He's got to get named first, I guess. I mean, he's been named, but he's got to get, you know, get through an hour before kickoff. And then there's Tyrone Peachy, who's definitely you're definitely starting. But whether you use the VC loophole on him or, or I don't even know if I would VC loophole in your situation. You've got Remus Smith and George Jennings, who could go low. JT is a risk, although you'd think his last home game he'd have a good one. Um, you know, even Paul Gallen, I'm probably not playing. Well, I'm according to predictor, I'm not playing Paul Gallen this week in your lineup. You probably want to play him, but I, I personally, I would leave him out. Um, I think you've got a strong enough team. I'd also leave out the Trill Mitchell. It's not a good matchup for him, and that's risky. But I just think you and Aid can Tyrone Peachy, Esan Masters, and Alex Johnston will do better. So that's that. They're the they're the big ones for me. Um, I'm assuming, I know Pete said, you know, get rid of Widdop, but I'm assuming you've got no trades left. Otherwise, I think you would have led with that question. You may have already made the trade. So based upon having no trades left, that that's how I'm looking at it. And I think you actually match up better than than your opponent who has to play Mitchell. I think Mitchell, you know, because his backs aren't as strong, uh, I think that could be a point of difference for you. And I think the fact you own Crichton's a good point of difference for you. And I think the fact you own Peachy is a good point of difference for you. So I think you've got three on him, but I think it'll be really close. And obviously your players are a bit riskier um, because they're not, you know, playing Latrell Mitchell's a no-brainer. You, it's a big call to leave him out. But the predictor says 52, it's a good score, but maybe others can go higher. Boo Boo Bear asks, hey gents, I went out well in the Supergoach Pros Cup, but I'm still alive in another comp and I've still got four trades left and 500k in the bank. Well, how did you keep all that money in trades, Boo Boo Bear? You should have used them up and stayed in the Supercoach Pros Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Any ideas for a win this week? I've added a pick of unique players to assist. So, and a VC and captain's call. So I've done the same thing with that I did for Tipsy and thrown your guys. It was a little bit more difficult to get your opponent because I think we only had the unique players, so I wasn't too sure how he sits. But looking at your team, I think you can hit 
around the 1170 mark without any trades, and obviously you'll want to use both your trades, you've got heaps of money. Um, you'll I'll probably start with your weaker points of your team, and I think it's, again, as usual, the centre and wingers. You've got Mitchell and Rappiner playing. They're not predicted to do that well. I'd probably look at uh, some alternatives in that department because the other areas are going quite well. Are there any other centre and wingers, Pete, that you could suggest um, if you've got to make that change? And if so, you know, um, even if it's just literally for this week because you can use another two next week. Um, I was... Uh, it's an interesting one. I've been mulling over this. It might be a bit way, way left field, but someone like Jared Payne could have a pretty decent game yeah, against the Cowboys matchup. this week, weekend. And he's I'm been good. I mean, he's Cowboys been getting big there, scores. But he's on the wing. He scored three. Like, he had a, a score of 40 against the um, against Melbourne the other day, which is not too bad considering it was Melbourne. And they, he didn't get a lot of ball. And the week before against the Dragons, he scored three tries. And he's been yeah. in very good form the last five weeks. He's not cheap. But he's got money in the bank, so... Yeah. Oh, I would have a look at that. I think Matt Moylan, you know, you might... I mean, your halves, you, you, you're obviously looking okay, but maybe you want to add Moylan and you've got a bench spot. Um, Alex Johnston's a big risk because of the injury, but he's predicted to do very well. You could throw roll the dice there. I agree with Jared Hayne. Top 20 predicted player this, this round. He's had some big scores... Recently, it's a good matchup against the Cowboys. You may not get a good matchup out of him the following week. I think he plays the Roosters, so back down to the yeah. 50s. But you've got four trades, so you could trade him back out the following week. Um, I'd probably look at that. You know, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Pete. You just look at that predictor, and you, I mean, there's guys like Blake Ferguson in there as well, but they're lower than Hayne. Um, Tyron Peachy's even lower than Hayne who we, we just talked about, that we like. You know, money's not an object. Um, I'd look at that, and, I'd, yeah, I'd be looking at your top ten predicted players that you don't own. Billy Slater's up there, Matt Moylan's up there, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Maybe, you, maybe you're just trying to upgrade one of those positions as well. And, yeah, get the win. Make the grand final. Uh, Glenn Lovett asks, who are the pods you need? for the final two rounds. Well, Pete, similar story perhaps. Perhaps it is the likes of Hayne and Peachy. But what about a real left field one in, in Aiden Guerra, who's now moved to the edge and has a couple of good good matchups? Could he shock? Um, or is that just too left field? No, I think it's it's, um, it's a pretty decent selection. And the thing to remember is, is that this year is a bit of a weird year and all these the bottom eight teams, it's probably, you know, we talk about it's battle for the wooden spoon in the game at the moment, but they're probably going to be, it's not much consolation, I guess, but they're going to be the best wooden spoon team that I can remember, really. <laughs> yes. And, but seriously, all these bottom teams are playing reasonably well. Uh, like Canterbury won the other day, like Manly scored 34 points, Parramatta won the week before and were, were decent against Melbourne. Um, the Cowboys have, have been running things close, so all of these teams, and Newcastle's another one, are, they're playing the season right out, and there's no one getting beaten like this 50 nil or anything like that as might have happened in the past when the, when the season's you know, 90% of the way gone. So I don't see why Newcastle and a player like Guerra couldn't score decent points over the last couple of rounds. It's not, it's not as silly as it sounds, or not as radical as it sounds. A guy, a guy I really like 
the same position is on, on one of those teams you talked about. It's Cohen Hess. Um, I think I've mentioned Ooh. him two, three weeks ago. He has lived up to what you know we thought he could do, according to the predictor. And I just think the last two rounds, he's predicted to be top ten in the last two. If you look at our our app and look at those last two rounds, um, he's top ten along with you know Reese Martin leads the way, and Guerra is in the top ten as well. And then you look at a guy like another crazy one is Kurt Mann. He's all right up there, but whether you trust. Paul McGregor's going to keep him going but he did very well last week and then there's Josh Hodgson from the Raiders, Pete mm, Absolutely, he's been in great Nick since he's come back from injury you, you would have thought he'd been out really and uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame for the Raiders but yeah, he's, yeah why not a, a great one a bit left field he's um, going to be cheaper, way cheaper than, um, than Smith and, uh, and Cook and he'll bring it to standouts, so yeah, why Cook's, not? Cook's your top one, but why not play two hookers and go Hodgson over Smith if you're just looking for a bit of an advantage? If everyone else is playing Cook and Smith and you're playing Cook and Hodgson, you might get 30 points on, on them. Exactly. You're right, particularly as we said about with Smith. Like, you know, as I said, it takes a lot to kill him, but um, he might come off 10 minutes early this week, and if, the, if Melbourne have got the minor premiership or the top two wrapped up next week, there is potentially that he may not, you know, he might only play half a game or may not play. It might be just one of those things. Tepai Moreau has been playing pretty well as well for the Eels. That would be yeah. a real risky pick, um, but he has been really been a standout and a team that, that there's not had a lot, a lot of guys left standing in the forward pack. Um, he could play a lot of minutes and get big points. Glenn also wants to know who is the first player you're picking next year. Mine is Valentine Holmes. Pete, uh, giving any thought to next year yet or just trying to get through 2018? <laughs> Not really. Um, oh, for mine, I can't go past Tao Malolo. I think he's got to be in your, your he's probably going to be my first pick for the next two years. Um, uh, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I think Tao Malolo for mine, just off, just off the top of my head now. I hope I haven't put a kiss of death on the poor guy. Yeah, but, um, I I love Jai Arrow. I think he's going to enjoy the off-season. And I think it's been a big year for him playing Origin. And, you know, he's probably he's probably been knocked about a bit as well. He's had a few injuries through the course of the year. Um, the painful type injuries that he's played through but might have affected, affected his sort of upside. I think he's going to have a really big year next year. Um, Actually, Kalen Palmer would be another one too I'd consider very strong one. Yeah, you, I mean, a lot of these new names, I know we talked about a lot through the year, Pete, but it's it's a new wave of guys coming through, the Troy Mitchells, Kalen Pongers, Valentine Hayes, we're going to be talking about as as, as keepers, you know, they're, they're, they're the options that we're going to say, well, which ones of these are you going to keep, Which one? how many of them can you fit under your salary cap, the older players, Smiths and the Gallons, or Smiths retiring anyway, but it's pretty much we've moved on from an even guys who've played pretty well lately, Leilua, Rapana, they're probably secondary now to the likes of Mitchell and Esan Masters mm, and you know, a lot of younger players stepping up and yeah, there'll be it'll be a different looking team next year. And one thing I would say looking even from last year going into this year, where some of those guys we really liked last year and we got a, a discount, they've done just as well. Masters is a case in point. Um, they've mm. really continued it. I think Jermaine Osako can continue. 
if you owned him all year, well done, for starters, because he wasn't cheap, he everyone got on, but not everyone kept. And he's continued to shine, and I think he's someone that could continue to to, to be a top 5, 10, you know, in the centre and winger position. And obviously his price will, might turn everyone off going into the start of the year compared to what we got for him at the start of this year. But, you know, I think he can easily re- replicate. So, you know, they're, they're the ones we're, we're going to really be trying to focus on on these players replicating um, last year. Damien Cook's going to be another. Can he replicate? Because he's going to be enormously expensive. And, you know, that, they're, <laughs> they're salivating discussions, but ones we can save until at least the off-season peak. In the meantime, we've, we've got yeah, to, I, we're finals to, to, to work on. Right. <laughs> I like your young uh, Tiger Eisenhurst as well. I think he'd be a good one for next year. I think he might get a bit more few more minutes and uh, he's been getting more and more minutes as the season's progressed and he's just eking up up there now super coach wise so I think that's a good one another one that hasn't let anyone down um, on the back of coming in late last year alright that does it for the show Pete thanks so much we will talk to you again on grand final week yeah, gee, it's not far away and um, the season's just flown by and good luck to everyone in their finals in the next couple of weeks. Yep, yep, um, and good luck to you as well and good luck with your Mighty Dragons um, now that they've beaten our boys to almost our, uh, <laughs> out of it. We're not out of it yet, maybe. Um, I've got to say, well, I you know, hope, hope, hope your team does it very, very well. And of course, I'm Paulie G, Paul Krasadka, and I will be back next week for one more week before we get to that grand final game. And if you're in your Supercoach grand final, make sure you stay tuned for that edition with Ryan MS back with us, of course. And uh, that's it for tonight, and good luck this week, as Pete said. I'll reiterate that if you're still alive in your head-to-head, and uh, feel free to tweet us at any time or Facebook us leading up. We'll do our best to, to get out any answers we possibly can last minute um, for you there at Supercoach Pros. Bye for now.